Hey, hey, my name is Matthew McCack. And I'm Tanuja Ramchal. This is Seek Human Spaces podcast, where we explore how to embrace our humanness while smashing oppressive norms. Today's topic is asking for help is not a weakness. I can certainly relate to uh, feeling weak in terms of needing support and what that means. Like I can't do it by myself. So something must be wrong with me. Yeah, uh, that's something I, I felt, I think, for a long while, because, you know, you, you see all around you, like in these big, um, a lot of times in media, you know, you, you see these success stories, the CEOs, the singers, you know, the actors and all this stuff. And for some reason, they always make it seem like they did it all on their own. So if they can do it, why can't I? And then you come to realize that all of them, none of them made it. On their own uh they all had help at some point down the road because you you just can't you can't make it uh without any help but i know that when i was uh, a college student i i definitely thought you know i'm just not good enough i'm not good enough at anything I, and it really spiraled into um some depression because it, it added to my sense of uh self-esteem yeah because I feel like if you don't know the answer to something and you go back, like, you know, to like being a college student, that you should be smart enough to know this because you're getting a degree. And I also like that you point out, pointed out, like, especially the message that we get from the media and that like this, this uh, thing as an overnight success, right? It's like, yeah. it's an overnight success. Like I, I was able to do this so easily but what we don't see a lot of times is that when people actually did get help and they reached out to someone or they had a mentor or, you know, whether it was therapy or coaching or whatever that that looked like, you know, a support system, whether that's friends or a church or whatever it is that they, uh, you know, successful people actually have that in terms of getting where they've gotten and, I feel a lot of the programming as well that we've been exposed to tells us that we are supposed to go at it alone. I think our society is a very individualistic society. It doesn't expose us to the idea of being supported. And I, and again, just staying in, in, in theme with what this podcast is about, I feel for people who come from historically marginalized um, communities or groups, that they have been trained to be in the supporting role, right? So even getting support can feel very difficult because that's not what they have been conditioned to believe about themselves. No, yeah, I, that you, yes. Um, a, a lot of times uh, folks from, from marginalized backgrounds, and I, I speak with a lot of, of students and, and some of my friends, um, specifically, you know, from marginalized uh, races. And a lot of times they feel like a burden onto others. They don't want to burden others with uh, what they need, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right. Socialized into being the helpers. Um, when you, again, I'm going to bring it back to media. I think media is such a huge uh, point in our, in our country where it shows like when, the background characters, right? The the people who are the the helpers, the supporters in these roles on TV, in movies. And it's just perpetuated. So then you feel like, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be. 
and then even even culturally if we're if we're speaking about uh women uh uh are heavily taught to be like the caretakers you you're not supposed mm -hmm. to be taken care of you you need to be the caretaker yeah. um But at the same time, there's a conflicting message, right? Um, and I think that this is actually something that uh, causes anxiety a lot of times uh, and stress where, yes, you're expected to be the caretaker, the uh, supporter, the helper. But at the same time, we're taught you have to network. Uh, you can't take care of yourself um, <laughs> and all these things. So you have these conflicting uh, emotions and messages. And when you have that sort of conflict, anxiety emerges, stress emerges, uh, self-doubt emerges. And mm -hmm. so you're, you're sort of left with, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And, and so you just keep trucking along, you know, not asking for help to, and trying to be an individual showing that you are strong. And when all of that is really just not true at, at this point in my life, I actually see asking for help as a strength. Um, mm -hmm. because through asking for help through networking, I've been able to do so much more than I imagined I could do. And uh, there's no way I could have been, uh, where I'm at now if it wasn't for, su from support of other people. Yeah. And to your point about the conflicting messages that I identify as a woman and the messaging, you know, for a long time has been to be a quote unquote strong independent woman mm -hmm. right and and again how do you how do you reconcile being a strong independent woman and then also asking for support and yep. I also feel that because of what happened over the last few years with the pandemic and everything else this is where women start started to recognize how burnt out mm -hmm. they are and that they didn't have that support system around them this was, first of all, eye-opening in terms of the toxicity that we deal with in our society that, that actually ends up causing us harm. I come from a very traditional culture. It really did take a village, even though a woman was, you know, raising the, uh, the kids and all of that. It was, you know, there was also interactions with other people in terms of processing emotions and dealing with what was happening. And the community aspect was there. And I think when we live in a society, for example, uh, in a culture like New York City, we take that support system away. People don't know their, their neighbors. They don't, you know, so where do you go for that support? Of course, there's things like therapy and, and coaching and all of those things, but also the stigma, you know, that's for many of these communities around those things that prevent them from going that route. I feel that leads to like a lot of different problems when you you don't have that outlet or you feel that you don't have that outlet yeah and I think that um it's not even just women there there's yes there there are those layers there but then even for other genders if we're going uh on the masculine side of things uh toxic masculinity uh because mm -hmm. you, you mentioned um toxicity uh, in our culture and how a lot of us began to realize uh, the the burnout uh, through the quarantine. Um, but the toxic masculinity came through as well, where it's like, you're not supposed to ask for help either because you're supposed to be the strong man and everything, right? So you, you have to just know you have to be confident, suave, 
swagger and all that stuff. So, so asking for help is is not an option. It's not even a thought a lot of times because you know you're you're just supposed to know it, and if you don't know it, it again it leads back to well there must be something wrong with me. It also could lead to a sense of demotivation. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I saw that a lot with with my students and particularly my male students, where there was uh, there was uh, a lack of motivation when when quarantine hit, um, because all of a sudden you couldn't keep it together. You know, you you couldn't keep up that facade of what uh, masculinity is supposed to be, and so there was that. And then um, yeah, a lot of people. I, I think that. There's a reason why a lot of people left their jobs uh, through quarantine and changed fields and became their own bosses and everything like that, because you're sort of expected to do about five different roles, uh, not ask for help and uh, get paid the same amount. And people were not having it anymore, or at least some people. But back to uh, asking for help being a weakness, um, I do wonder that you know, if some people wound up opening up their own business and everything, partially, yes, uh, maybe I could, you know, create my own hours and all that. But I'm wondering if also it was to reclaim that sense of independence, uh, to reclaim that sense of, see, I don't have to ask for help. I'm able to create this uh, on my own, right? So, and some businesses failed, of course, I, that's just going to happen. But I do wonder if, if that that was part of it. Not to say that, you know, creating your own business is, is a bad thing. I think that's a fantastic thing. But knowing that you can't create a business if you don't have help uh, and asking for support from from people around you. Something you brought up, uh, which was inter- interesting, how it, it takes a village to, to raise a child, essentially. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, so my mom talks about it all the time growing up in the neighborhood and she was surrounded by her cousins all the time and her aunts, uncles, all that. So it really was, it wasn't just her parents taking care of her. It was everybody on the block taking care of her. (laughs) Um, So, but we, we've sort of lost that, I think, at least in New York, I I don't know what it's like in in other areas, but, you know, living in these apartment buildings, I know in my condo, uh, like the, the building that I live in, I don't really know the people um that live there um although we did just start a group chat so <laughs> that's something but that feels like such a huge milestone because i i don't talk to the people who like live right across from me you know or anything like that so how are we supposed to continue when we're we're not supporting each other we're we're not communicating with each other yeah and how do you even ask for support you know because yeah. i i think that is even a challenge in terms of asking for support and I love that you also brought in, uh, you know, brought in men because it is universal. And I think in some ways harder for men because, you know, of what they've been trained to do. Like you said, like they have to know the answers or this, uh, you know, this phrase that I've heard a lot, like man up. Right. Mm. Or, uh, or uh, boys don't cry like those types of things and how that actually uh, makes it very difficult um for for them to ask for help because then it is seen as a weakness from that perspective but if we look at it uh, you know pull back and look at it from the human perspective right you know it is human to cry it is human to not know the answers um it is human 
to want connection and want support, right? And how dehumanizing it is when we are doing this to ourselves because it becomes internalized oppression in that way. And I think in many ways, men are more internally oppressed than anyone else because of you know the patriarchy and having to fit that uh, mold, right? And this is where I think, how do we even do it in terms of like saying, I need help and even identifying that you need help? Because again, if we're internalizing that this means there's something wrong with me and it, it's my problem to fix and to solve, you may not even recognize that actually what I'm going through is something that I need to get support on. And perhaps that's the thing that's going to heal you as opposed to trying to figure this out on your own. Yeah, I, I do like to steer away from, this is a personal thing, I, I like to steer away from uh, who who has it harder or is more yeah yeah, but um uh but in in terms of being human like life is just hard (laughs) um so but yeah there was something you said and it it reminded me of something where the way we internalize our oppression and how we ourselves give into the the patriarchy the we become we hold up the oppression, right? Where mm-hmm. even even as marginalized folks, we continue to marginalize each other because we play into the system because that's what we've internalized. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, when you say it's dehumanizing, it, that that really hits home because you're you're losing your humanness and thinking as somebody. So I, uh, for me, being non-binary my existence uh in, in terms of being who i am i could not have accomplished like being like going on hormones or getting surgery done without support because you need letters from your doctor you need a letter from your therapist and all that stuff if those things weren't in place um if i didn't have those things i would not be able to go on hormones get surgery done uh mm-hmm. and so i had to ask for help um i needed to ask for support in order to be my most authentic self. And so that's a, another reason I think that I, I've been uh, more and more seeing uh, asking for help as a strength uh, rather than a weakness uh, because I'm getting to be my most authentic self because I was asking for help. Now, uh, part of uh, it being like mandated and all that, that's a whole other story, but... Um, I mean, I was going to do those things anyway, because I, I didn't know what I, I needed to know, like what's going to happen to my body. I needed to unpack things for me emotionally, mentally uh, through therapy uh, <clears throat> in order to really make this huge life transition, literally. And yeah, it, asking for support has allowed me uh, to feel more human, more humane. And how many people don't um, show their authentic selves or give themselves permission to be authentic because they're afraid to ask for that help, right? And and I think that's the part where, what are we calling weakness? What are we calling strength, right? And how does the system condition us to, to operate that way so that it can continue to perpetuate, right? Because 
yeah, when we see ourselves that way, and when we look at, you know, we're categorizing asking for help as a weakness, you know, that's where we're keeping ourselves stuck in the system. Because if we can all recognize that we are interdependent and that we are here to support each other, and that's the that's how we can actually dismantle these systems. If we actually were to operate that way, these systems cannot exist. And if we can be in our full humanness, because the systems are, uh, you know, they they are in existence because precisely because they are, uh, you know, that that we do this to ourselves, where we dehumanize ourselves. Yeah, go ahead, Matthew. No, I, I'm I'm listening to you. I, <laughs> but no, what you were saying was great. Like I, I was thinking about yeah, thinking about what is strength, what is weakness, um, mm-hmm. and how uh, you know just being coming through as your most authentic self is a strength. I mean, especially in our society where coming up as your authentic self is kind of really uh, frowned upon. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, being, and then what is, what is a weakness? Is crying a weakness? No, that makes you human. Is hurting a weakness? No, again, that makes you human. You, uh, you know, is being happy a weakness sometimes, you know, like why, why mm-hmm. do you get to be happy if I'm so miserable? And it's like, well, being happy is a strength too. You know, it's not, you know, all, having emotions just makes you human. It makes you authentic. It, it means that you are different from a robot. Um, right. Also, something that I've not agreed with, the pursuit of happiness, right? And we think that's the, like, that's the American dream. It's the pursuit of happiness. And I think this can also lead to this toxic positivity that we have to always be happy. And again, if we're not happy, then there's something wrong with us. And how does that prevent us also from asking for support? Because then why am I not happy? Everybody else is happy kind of a thing, you know, and this is also where we keep things to ourselves because one of the things that I have observed is that people don't talk about the situations where they do need support, like where they share about these things and if we were to really like open up and be vulnerable with each other, we would see that this is the thing that actually connects us. This is where, you know, in our loneliness and in our sadness and in our grief, that is where we really are connected as humans. And that's where we would really feel that we have relationships, like not these shallow relationships. Hi, how are you? You know, fine kind of relationships, but those deeper relationships where we feel truly seen. Right. Because a lot of times I feel because people don't feel understood, they don't feel heard. There's that underlying invisibility, almost feeling. And how do I get visible in our society? It's by go, 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 you know, do, 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 succeed, get more, achieve more. And under all of that is the lack of connection, the lack of support, the lack of, you know, like we're trying to compensate for for those things. And I think even like a college degree, you know, nothing wrong with getting a college degree, but I think it's what what is the reason that you're getting it, right? Or getting a job on Wall Street, nothing wrong with getting a job on Wall Street, but what is the reason that you're getting it? And I've, you know, I've talked to many people who said like, okay, so if I don't have this thing, I don't even know who I am. And if we can start to recognize that, and that also takes a lot of inner work, right? And it takes uh, looking, going and looking at ourselves, which is no easy 
no easy task to really so it's easier to pretend i think it's easier to pretend that we've uh we can hold it together and that we you know that we we have this um on our own and i think when everybody else is pretending it's very hard <laughs> to say i don't know what the heck i'm doing when in fact none of us know what i mean i certainly don't know what i'm doing <laughs> you know and i think it's like really you don't know what you what you what you're doing because it's like all you know is are the patterns that you have been trained and that's what you're operating in and i think if you really talk to people you know i i was talking about men earlier like men are supposed to know what they're doing i think according to the patriarchy and just coming back to like you know that that point that you made and i fully agree like in terms of comparing because if you're drowning in 6 feet of water you're drowning in 3 feet of water you're still drowning so you know like in terms of in terms of the comparison but where i feel a lot of empathy uh or compassion for for men is in the fact that they feel that strong need to be self sufficient and to always like have the answers and if they don't like what does that say about them as quote unquote men there's so many different as I'm, as we were talking about this recognizing how many different layers and how many different directions that we can take this conversation and bottom line is that asking for help i don't even know to to say if it's a weakness or a strength but it's human mm-hmm. because this is like this is where we really connect like the again the connection part like where we can really be in relationship with others from a very authentic place and to be vulnerable and to say you know hey Matthew I I really would like your support I think that's a place that you also are telling somebody I really trust you and I really value you right and how often actually we're denying others that opportunity for them to provide that value as humans we want to feel valuable we want to feel valued as well and when we're walking around as, as a society and no i've got this i've got this i've got this i don't, yeah it's like a, a lot of times we're also walking around feeling that i'm not valued i'm not valued i'm not valued yeah we're letting ourselves down we're letting other people down uh just by not asking for support um i i think you're right we're de- we're denying others to show what they could bring to the table when you ask, when you don't ask for support um and and i guess with that in, in terms of you know i i love what you said that asking for help even just straying away from like is it a strength weakness it, it's it's human that that was brilliant. I love that. Um, and, you know, I, I think part of, you know, being human and what we've been talking about in our podcast is also a sense of freedom. And so giving people the permission to say no. So sometimes we are afraid to ask for help from other people because what if they say no? What if we're too much of a burden on them? So giving permission to others to say no and giving permission to yourself to say no to other people as mm-hmm. well, where sometimes you can't support everyone, right? Uh, and that's okay. You you can't be someone who helps everyone and that's okay. And then also knowing that other people 
it's not that you're a burden. It's just right now they can't do it, but that doesn't mean you can't ask somebody else um, or, or find support elsewhere for the time being. And uh, a lot of times, you know, we use this in, in other contexts, but uh, even when asking for support, a no right now doesn't mean a no forever. So mm-hmm. it, it just means right now that person is too overwhelmed with whatever's going on. And it's probably because they haven't been asking for help. <laughs> um, so uh, and so they, they have to say no. But yeah, I think I think that that is part of freedom. That's being that's part of being human. And something I, I like to tell folks, especially the ones who, who really like to be the helper, they want to provide, they want to feel uh, like they're valuable to other people, which which is something we're talking about. But sometimes we forget about ourselves and we we forget that 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 we deserve help as well. And my, one of my so not one, of, it, it is my favorite show of all time. I always talk about it. It is Shira Princesses of Power. Uh, the one that came out in 2018, uh, so the remake, by Andy Stevenson. And my favorite line from that entire show is, you deserve more than what you can give to other people. You deserve love, too. And I think that completely encompasses what it means to be human, what it means to be free, and what it means to allow yourself to be your authentic self and to have desires um, and to ask for that support. Like it doesn't always have to be you and and that's okay. Sometimes you could choose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you know, we often hear you can give from an empty cup, right? (laughs) Yes. So it's also important to, uh, to make sure that your cup is, uh, is full, that you're getting that support so that you can, you can also offer that to other people. You can't offer if you're burnt out. And I also think in our society, there's this idea of quid pro quo, right? It's like, I do for you and then you do for me. Part of being in community is to stop looking to have it returned from the same person. So if I help you, Matthew, it doesn't mean that you have to give me something. And I also believe there's guilt associated with that. You know, if somebody helps me or somebody supports me, there's a feeling of I owe them something now because of our conditioning, Right. And often if that's somebody who is in a place of, in terms of privilege and and marginalization, somebody who has more power than me, right? Um, And they've given, it's, you know, it's like, you can give at that same level, right? I see this as well, a lot in the career process where people are afraid to ask for, to reach out to others. First of all, they've put them on this pedestal and feel like they're, you know, something more than human. And that in itself is problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dehumanizing, right? It's like, because you're saying that you're no longer a human, like in my eyes, you're, no, you're not a human. And that when we do that and we feel that we can't repay that person, then we pull back as well and we don't ask for, for that support. I, I think people would actually prefer to pay money for therapy where they feel like, okay, so I'm actually giving this person money then ask somebody who is right in front of them that could actually support them because they feel the exchange is not quote unquote fair. And I think this is something that, you know, like where, again, we've been trained to, to operate like this in terms of, oh, well, now I, that, there's that like, you know, I think it's like the accounting, the credit and the debit. So if like, you know, we have to balance the books at the, <laughs> at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I think that's really, yeah. Um, you, right, putting folks on a pedestal and, and feeling like the, the exchange is not quite fair. It is dehumanizing to the person uh, that you're putting on that pedestal, but it's also dehumanizing to yourself um, mm -hmm. that, that you are like less than. And you're right. Like so many times, I hear like I don't want to take favors from from anybody. You know, yeah. It's not well. Why? You know, um, do you not like giving favors? Uh, right. So it, we we have where we're totally fine giving favors to others, but we will not accept favors from other people, um, because then we'll feel right, like that sense of guilt, that sense of like we we now need to compensate that person or give back. But that's not necessarily true. Uh, and if that person is looking for something in return, then that's that's not okay either. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think, I mean, especially when it comes to like the job process, right? The the in terms of like giving favors, where somebody is bringing in people in their network who might you know fall into that same area of privilege as them, and so so that we want to say like, okay, so the fact, for example that that happens and that most jobs are gotten through that that for me that is where uh you know we see that systems get perpetuated because typically somebody's going to bring somebody who looks just like them or or acts just like them and you know into that but when we're talking about favors here i i it, it's basically somebody has something of value to give mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I would say favor as well. It's like they're just, you know, this is something that they they they're giving. They're there. They want to support you, and you're not receiving. So I feel receiving is also a big part of of this. How do we learn to receive more? You know, as opposed to giving, giving, giving. Because if anyone is just constantly giving, 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 and not receiving, like the inflow and outflow that that doesn't match at all and you're you're denying other people that opportunity to give and i feel also in our society there's that imbalance of givers and and givers and takers because i think a taker is very different than a than a receiver a lot of times in the career process why i see that there's resistance is that somebody believed that they're confusing receiving with taking and they they feel really bad about being a taker, right? As opposed to being open and seeing it as um, as receiving from others. And I, I also feel that's part of the programming that we need to start to to look at again because there's so many layers here. As I, I mean, as I even talk about this, recognizing that there's so much to unpack. And even to free ourselves from that programming in terms of like just getting very, feeling very safe, because I think there's there's that that feeling of, you know, that it's not safe to get support. And it also comes back to trusting people and why don't we trust people as well? And, you know, so many different um, layers. And I, I believe the bottom line at the end of the day is that we need each other, like we, we yes. need each other, you know, and anyone who is like, walking around thinking that they don't need other people I think it's a recipe for suffering and even I you know I'm I would say this is something that I can totally relate to in many different aspects of of life in terms of believing that you have to go at it alone yeah I think I think a lot of us uh uh can can relate to that and uh you're right I think as we're talking uh 
there's even more and more to unpack as we go along. And I guess that's why we're going to just continue making this podcast to continue unpacking all these uh, programmings that have gone on uh, for us as though we are robots, but we're not. We are human and asking yeah. for help is human. Yeah, I would say just identify one thing that you need support with and ask for it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love I love leaving it off on that. So thank you. Yeah, you've been listening to Seek Human Spaces. We will catch you next time. And remember to be human.